people pay good money to see this movie. When they go out to a theater, they want cold sodas, hot popcorn, and no monsters in the projection booth. Everyone pretend podcasting isn't boring. Turn it off. When we help others, we bring them face to face with God. Sir, are, are you all right? Who the hell are you? Why don't you stay at my place tonight? Please, I insist. What the hell of a place? It belonged to my mother. No! <laughs> it was a bulldog. That's mother. It's so nice of you to let me stay here. You think there's any chance the two of us might be able to stay here through Christmas? I'm willing to open my door to you. I thought it might be time to deck the halls. These guests, something about them is not right. They are God's lost children finding their way home. There's one drink. I, I shouldn't. Please. No more heavy metal music or drugs. My house, my rules. They won't come to this. From the ashes of destruction. We'll all be family soon enough. Comes new life. What is that? I want my We ain't trying to leech. Hey folks, welcome to a special episode of The Projection Booth. I'm your host, Mike White. On this episode, I am talking to the director and one of the stars of the 2022 film, The Leech. In this interview, you will hear from writer-director Eric Penikoff and star Graham Skipper, who plays Father David in The Leech. He's not the titular leech, though I wish I could say the titular leech. So I just did, twice. I hope you enjoy this interview. So I want to get a little bit more background on you guys. I know I only have about 15 minutes or so, but I really want to know a little bit more about you guys and how you know each other and how it was working together. But Eric, I'll start off with you. What's your background? Background is that I love horror movies and I've been you know trying to make them for a while now. And I've really been a fan of Graham Skipper's work for a number of years. And so I just kind of came up with this crazy concept of priest helping a couple people off the street at Christmas time. And I called him immediately because I just felt as though I had not seen him take on this role before, but I just thought that he would be incredible at it, which he is. And Graham, how about yourself? I know that you're not only an actor, but also producer, writer, director. You wear a lot of hats, my friend. Yeah. I try to do a little bit of everything. You know, you gotta, you gotta hustle in this business. And, and, you know, one of the things that I've definitely learned is, is, to, to be a filmmaker, you got to figure out how to do everything. I try to do everything. And yeah, I mean, I, I've been friends with Eric for a long time and we've, we've talked about wanting to work together. And so, you know, he reaches out to me with this incredible script with this incredible role. And, you know, how could I possibly say no to that, you know, get to go make a movie with your friends, you know, and, and not only are you there with your friends making a movie, but the movie's really good. 
So I I was thrilled to get to be a part of it and get to really sink my teeth into the Father David, who is a he's a special guy with a lot of problems. When did you two meet? Well, how do you know each other? Well, we both lived in Los Angeles for a number of years. And, you know, really, we had mutual friends, a lot of different filmmakers and actors and special effects people, you know, very much a part of kind of the the same indie horror community. But this film was taking place at a time where both of us were moving. And I think a big part of us even getting closer than maybe we already were was kind of just looking at where where life was at, both where we were at individually, as well as you know, the uncertainty of the world, which was right at the beginning of the pandemic. No one really knew what was what. Would we ever make movies again? And I think both of us were feeling equally sort of restless and saying, you know, if there's anyone that could be able to pull off a movie right now with a few people, not a lot of money and, you know, one location, it would be indie filmmakers. So if we can, you know, maybe put our put our brains together and find the right group and figure out how to do this, you know, safely... There's no reason that we couldn't make a good movie if we felt good about the character and the script and everything else that goes into making a movie. So, um, yeah, I would say certainly just uh, this sort of transitional period that myself and Graham and a lot of other people I knew at the time were going through was a big motivating factor in kind of what became of The Leech. It feels like a pandemic movie, and I don't mean that as an insult. It just feels that way because it is such a small cast, very intimate setting, and I think you make it work really well. Yeah, thank you. I mean, I you know, the movie I made before this, my first film, was probably about the same budget. It had about the same number of actors. Again, one or two locations. So I think a lot of us were making movies like this before the pandemic, which was maybe motivating to say that you know, I think we can, I think we can do this. But you know, it all comes down to a script that works and a great cast. And you know, everyone that worked on this film was either friends with each other or friends through me, and kind of just brought a couple of different families together from a few different states. But really, these were these were people who I offered the role to. And I'm very fortunate that I can say a great group of actors are also, first and foremost, my friends. You know, this was not something I had to reach out to people that I'd never met before and said, hey, we're doing this kind of crazy thing. This is very much a family affair and a family that's been building slowly over a decade of working with people in different capacities. Other than the pandemic restrictions themselves, which I'm sure you probably didn't even know what those were if you're right up there at the beginning, what were some of the biggest challenges of making this movie? Just having it be 10 of us. I mean, really, it was a cast of four and a crew of six. No one left. No one came in, you know, and even on my first movie, which was equally small, you know, there is a, a little bigger of a crew, but people would show up on some days to help out family, friends, cousins, whoever. That was not the case on this. It was like, hey, I appreciate anyone locally that wants to help out. But unless you're a part of this bubble for the 15 days that we're all in this one location, you know, the door is locked and, uh, you know, you lock the door you become a part of our bubble and some, some strange things happen cinematically. Graham, how do you find a character like the priest that you played? He's an intense guy. Uh, you know, I, I really was thankful for this role. You know, it's rare as an actor to get a role that is, that has such a huge arc to him. You know, I mean, he starts so convicted and, and so intense about his beliefs. And then, and then over the course of the film, I mean, those beliefs start to crack and that faith starts to falter. Um, and I think that's a lot of really interesting texture to get to play with as an actor, you know, and especially with, you know, you know, the character that's like a priest, you don't often get a character, you know, at least in in sort of my, you know, in my experience, that is, that is a member of the clergy uh, that has such, such an intense and such a focused faltering of his faith. 
you know, obviously I, I thought a lot about the exorcist, you know, and father Damien, you know, who, who, uh, you know, obviously like at the crux of that film is, is him, you know, wondering about his faith. I thought a lot about Oliver Reed and the devils, you know, and kind of what happens when somebody from the clergy, like goes way far afield. And, you know, as, as father David ultimately, you know, kind of does. Yeah. So it was just, it was a really interesting character to get to sink my teeth into. And I, I was lucky too, in that Eric and I had a lot of time before filming to talk a lot, a lot, a lot about the character and about what he's going through and about, you know, what his beliefs are. And that just helped to texture what ultimately the performance uh, came out as. And, and it's one that I'm, I'm very, very proud of. So very, very grateful to have had the opportunity to play him. What was that relationship like with Jeremy and, and Taylor as Terry and Lexi? Because it feels sometimes like there's some friendship there and other times it's you know pretty rough around the edges, let's say. What was that relationship like when the cameras were off? I mean, it was a blast. It was, it was like being at summer camp. You know, I, I've been friends with Jeremy for a number of years. You know, we've done a couple of movies together. We first met on the set of the mind's eye back in 2014 or whatever that was. And, you know, and, and then we worked together on bliss. He actually stayed at my house when we were filming bliss. So I, I know Jeremy quite well. And then I'd met Taylor when we were on the film festival circuit. And so I'd gotten to hang out with her a bunch too. And so, you know, here we are in the midst of the pandemic. I mean, again, this is before the vaccines were even available. So this was very, very serious pandemic time. And for a lot of us, it was the first time that we were outside of like our immediate families. It was just such a blast. I mean, I, I one of my favorite memories was, you know, basically at the end of shooting every day, Ramel, our, our cinematographer would go and set up a big screen TV. We had taken the TVs down in, in the living room of because we, we lived in the house where the film was shot. So mm-hmm. everything you see, you know, there, that's where we were living, which was weird in and of itself. But Ramel would go and he'd set up a TV and then we'd like pick a movie to watch as a group and we'd order in Chinese food or whatever it was. And, and I remember one night, I mean, we finished filming. It was a blizzardy snowstorm outside. We ordered in takeout and we watched Tammy and the T-Rex and we just had a total blast, you know, and I, I mean, I haven't, that's probably the hardest I've laughed, you know, just finally being with other people and enjoying each other's company and knowing that we're all there making something really, really cool. It was a very special time. I mean, I, I really hold, hold this, this shoot in a very special place in my heart because I think, I think in a way we all really needed it to kind of reset ourselves and, and remind ourselves, you know, why we do what we do and why we love it. I was going through this transitionary period. I just moved from LA, you know, Eric had to, you know, and, and when you move out of LA, you know, your first thought is, um, will I ever make a movie again, you know, sort of thing. And so here we were making a movie and making a really good movie. And we were making it with our friends. We were having a blast doing it and we were doing it safely. And it was like, okay, great. Yeah, we can do this. The, the world can be normal again. Eric, can you tell me a little bit about the post? I mean, especially the editing. The editing in this movie is just terrific, especially the way that it flips. And we go from possibly inside of David's head to outside of it. I mean, it's just, it, it's very, very compelling. Yeah, thank you. I edited the film myself. I mean, I really sort of took it through post-production. You know, I had a, a sound mixer, re-recording mixer, and an editor, sort of a Sean Duffy, who really handled all that himself, our composer, Eric Romery. But it was really the three of us. And I, you know, post-supervised it and got it through the edit, you know, really lived with this movie by myself in a dark basement for, you know, the majority of 2021 and a little bit of the early part of this year before I really finished it. 
And yeah, you know, a movie like this is difficult because, you know, you're playing up a comedy, especially in the first half, and you really don't know with a rough cut of any movie whether anything's working. But certainly with a comedy, it's like, is this funny? Is it timed out? Does it work? And I will say, you know, I, I showed it to people here and there. People told me it was funny. I, I started to feel better about it when I sent a link out, even in rough cut form. And people were like, oh, yeah, the chemistry between them is great. But as an editor, it really didn't click with me until we took it to Fright Fest in London this past August. And you could actually hear a room full of people, you know, laugh their asses off. It was a sold out room. And, you know, I was happy at that moment for many reasons, but definitely the editor in me, which was kind of the last hat that I had worn on this movie, was relieved to know that it comedically was working where it was meant to work. But yeah, you know, editing, it's kind of like you're going back to writing. It's a very solitary process. And when you're making small movies like this, you don't have assistant editors, you don't have anyone who's conforming anything, VFX editors. It's really, it's really kind of a one person show at that point. So it's, you know, I, I love editing. I came up as an editor on other people's movies even before I was directing. It's a, a thing I hold close to me, but. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a lonely business when you're, when you're doing it in a windowless basement for that many months. When I finally got it to the color grade and the sound mix and the scoring, it's uh, you know it really started to take effect and it felt like we had something something good here. Do you know what's next for you? I've been asked this a few times, and I don't have a good answer. I don't have anything particular that I think is going to be the next thing, but whatever it is, it's going to be somewhere warm. No more snow. Either an island or a desert. Or, I don't know, maybe a soundstage <laughs> where it's meant to look like one of the two. But, uh, yeah, no no immediate inclination to make another movie during the polar vortex. Father David goes Hawaii. That's what I want. It's just like one of, the, one of those obnoxious sequels that's, like, barely related to the original, only it takes place, like, you know, in the middle of nowhere, somewhere warm. I'm like, I'm like, sur- I'm like surfing in front of a green screen. I heard that Adam Sandler was doing this thing where he only made movies where he could vacation with his family. And I thought that that was kind of ridiculous when I first heard it. But the older I get, the more I think he's on to something. So how about you, Graham? What's up for you? I think you've got another movie out right now. The the Christmas movie, correct? This has been a big year for me. Um, Yeah, a few movies out. Obviously, The Leech coming out on December 5th. Uh, I've got a film that came out a couple months ago called Mystery Spot that I'm very proud of. It's out through Terror Films right now. I've got Christmas Bloody Christmas, which is Joe Bigas' new film, which comes out on December 9th. And that's actually coming out in good number of theaters so definitely check check that out in in your local theater that's uh, going to be a fun movie to see on a big screen and then on december 22nd i've got scare package 2 rad chad's revenge which is coming out on shutter and i'm super excited about that and if you are a fan of the godzilla franchise i wrote a book it's called godzilla the official guide to the king of the monsters I got to partner with Toho Studios and write this this book, and I'm super proud of it. And it's out right now through Wellbeck Publishing. So go uh, buy it. You can find it on Amazon, but certainly I encourage you to support your local bookstore and uh, and go go grab a copy of Godzilla: The Official Guide to the King of the Monsters. There's no stopping this guy. I know what to put on my Christmas list now. That sounds fantastic. Thanks. Yeah, it's a, it's a really beautiful book. They did a beautiful job with it, and we had exclusive access for the first time to Toho's entire photo archive. And so it's a really beautiful, you know, very large hardcover coffee table book with hundreds of incredible pictures in it that, that have never been out before. So it's a, it's a, a perfect Christmas gift or holiday gift for anybody out there. And especially if, uh, you know, for maybe the moms out there that if you show them the leech and they're horrified, then you can make it up to them by giving them this book. 
Yeah. Also, you just had a conversation with John Carpenter and you don't mention that. I did. Yeah, I got to, as a result of writing that book, Shout Factory and Fangoria invited me to to interview the great John Carpenter about the Godzilla franchise. Uh, and so I got to got to do that and spend about 20 minutes with him. And I mean, that was a dream come true. And uh, when I, you know, talked about my love of the very weird movie War of the Gargantuas, he said, well, if you love War of the Gargantuas, then you're OK by me. And that will fuel me for the next 100 years. Well, Eric Graham, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate this. Yeah, thank you thank so much. You. Great meeting you.